1: Welcome back to Make UL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it's time for our weekly NFL Power Rankings. Now, there may be other shows out there that do power rankings that just give, like, the five best teams or the five best teams outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, but that would be lazy. We are better than that. What we are going to do here is pick the top five likeliest teams to, to be the biggest threats to the kansas city chiefs it's not just the best teams but the teams that match up the best with kansas city so joe how about you kick things off
2: all right here's what i did i want to explain my thought process here so i was looking at uh some games that the chiefs have lost over the last couple of years or they've been very close they just barely squeaked squeaked by some of these games the chiefs are no shows like they're favored by double digits and it, and it's clear they have so much more talent. Um, Just they were looking ahead, and there a lot of them are divisional matchups that are really close, too. So I kind of throw those out. And one thing stood out when I look at their last six games that they've either lost or just barely survived. You didn't get much from Kelsey. Those last six games, Kelsey Mm. did not have a 100-yard game. Their one loss this year, Kelsey did not play. So that's what I did with this. Toughest matchups for Kelsey, teams that can keep him down a little bit. So starting at number five, I went to the NFC side. This is my only NFC team. I ended up going to the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a team that we're all pretty sure that they're going to continue to add. They made a trade earlier this week. Roseman's going to add, add, add. And you know that's on his mind. The goal is the Super Bowl, and he's expecting to have to take down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I'm sure he's going to continue to add as far as that goes. Now, Kelsey in the Super Bowl, six grabs, 81 yards and a score. Not, you know, Supreme Kelsey. Pretty good, though. Um, In 2021, they faced him. They held him down to 23 yards on four catches. So the Eagles. Number five, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a repeat there in the Super Bowl. Number four, I went with the top defense that has a potentially explosive offense that people are hot on this week. It feels like they're the public team of the week, the way they're being discussed and being bet into the market. Number four, I go with the Baltimore Ravens because of the the tougher matchup on defense. And a lot of these teams that the, the Chiefs have struggled with a little bit do have some strong defenses. It's not always about the quarterback play. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. When you look at the two, two uh, close games this year, we're talking about Zach Wilson and Jared Goff. Uh, number three, this is a, t- a team that Kelsey has not played over the last couple of years, but they're the best defense in the NFL. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. And it's a smaller sample size, but this year they are the number one defense against the tight end position. They're the number one defense against a lot of positions because they're the Cleveland Browns. And that defense is going to get back on track this week. So, so far we got the Eagles at five, Ravens four, Browns three. Now these are the two I feel best about. And I don't even know that you guys will have them in your mix. This is why I love this list so much. Number two, biggest threat to the Chiefs I went with Paul Aspen's Jacksonville Jaguars. They have done a really good job against Kelsey, and a lot of the numbers are showing it's not only Trevor Lawrence, not only Doug Peterson's offense. It's not only adding pieces around Trevor Lawrence. It's their defense that has come through this year. Last year – no, I'm sorry. This year, Kelsey, four grabs, 26 yards on nine targets. 2021. He had an 81-yard game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a threat. They were that hot team in the second half last year. Let's see if they can do it again. The number one threat to the Chiefs is a team that plays close games against them. They've lost to them straight up. They've won field goal games against them. And they've done a great job against Kelsey. Last year, they held Kelsey to five grabs of 25 yards in one game, another game, Four catches, 56 yards, and they have an elite quarterback. Joe Burrow in the Bengals is the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs because of what they can do to Kelsey when everything is rolling and when completely healthy, how Burrow can keep up with Mahomes. So I'm going Eagles five, Ravens four, Browns three, Jaguars two, Bengals number one.
3: Love it. Uh, We are there. Ours aren't that different, actually Um, a little different order, a couple different teams. So let's go at number five. I've got the dolphins. The offense has to prove that they can score on the road against some really good teams. One thing I noticed about the teams that I picked really good defenses and they run the ball. Um, If we did this same exercise next week, Due to some injuries, mine might be quite different, but as we (laughs) sit here and I'm just going off what I have right now, this is where we sit. Um, You know, the Dolphins have some injuries, but, and they also rank 24th in defensive DVOA. The other teams I have on this list rank a lot higher. Next up, we're going with the Niners. They rank six in defense of DVOA. They've lost two straight games. Don't like that. The defense was destroyed by the Vikings. um, And now they've got Bengals and Joe Burrow. So this is a situation where, you know, perhaps I would be moving the Bengals higher up into this scenario. It's kind of been the same old story with the Niners. The quarterback issues, the injuries, are things going to fall apart? What is going to happen with this Niners team? Big picture. But right now, from what I've seen, I'm going to put them on the list. Number three, I've got the Jaguars. I was surprised. They rank fourth in defensive DVOA in the entire NFL. Their defense is really, really good. They've won four straight. Have they looked super dominant doing it? No, but here they are. Um, The offense still probably isn't clicking. I I think they still have more potential that they can reach. And maybe they will be a better second-half team. Next up, at number two, I've got the Eagles. They rank 10th in defensive DVOA. The defense is just coming up really, really strong. I mean, they looked so good against the Dolphins on Sunday. That gives me a lot of confidence if you are facing a team like the Chiefs. They're good on both sides of the ball. Um, Jalen Hurts, though. What's going on with him? you got a brace on your knee. I do not like that moving forward for this Philly team. But right now, I'm not going to overreact. So I've got them... I've got them in there. I can't, I can't just overreact and you know assume that this is gonna be a major issue right now. Number one, I've got the Ravens. I know there's a lot of hype around this team, and I love it. With all the focus on the offense and Lamar, guess what, guys? The Ravens defense ranks number two in defensive DVOA. So we can't forget about them. The defense is also playing very well for Baltimore. And if we're talking about stopping a team like the Chiefs. You got to look at really good defensive teams. So Ravens, Eagles, Jags, Niners, Dolphins. Ed?
1: I, I took a super quick Paul Aspen School of Producing class online during one of our breaks. And one thing I learned from that online class is to tease really well. My number two on this list is a team nobody has brought up yet. Most of the others have been brought up in different numbers, but number two hasn't been brought up yet. And I'll go ahead and start at number five, as I mentioned my process. And Joe, I think our processes were a little similar as far as looking at the worst games Pat Mahomes has had. We look at twenty uh, this, this year against the Lions, 2021 versus the Titans, Chargers loss from a couple years ago. What do these teams have in common for the most part? Yeah, you mentioned how well they can defend the tight end position, but also they were elite in man coverage and also great in single high coverages. A lot of defenses like to play too too high just because they don't want Mahomes uh, to beat them with deep passes. But if you can play really well at single high and still offer up some pressure up front, that is a defense I want to back when it comes to this exercise. And so at number five, all things considered, I like the Cleveland Browns. This is a defense that can do just about anything and everything. So then you might be asking, well, why don't you have them higher on this list? Well, the quarterback questions are plentiful. So they can only be at number five because even if they do stymie Mahomes a good bit, he could still win, say, a 17-14 ball game. But as far as defenses go and matchups are concerned, the Browns should definitely be on this list. Number four. It could be a Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys. My prior is Dallas representing the NFC, and so I think that could still happen here. Uh, Yeah, they need to work a little bit harder offensively, but look, Micah Parsons is still unbelievable. Once he returns to the defensive end, his Havoc plays will go way up. Pass defense is also fourth best when playing single high safety coverages, so that protection that Mahomes does need – it will be tested against Dallas, assuming they get enough warm bodies back defensively. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. If we do get a Super Bowl rematch, we do recall that slow start that Mahomes had against that unit before the offenses started to trade jabs. This season, though, the Eagles have the third highest defensive success rate win in man coverage. Adding Kevin Byard while losing Reed Blankenship for a bit only helps Philadelphia's cause. They are an active team and will only improve towards season's end. That number two team that I mentioned that nobody has brought up. Slightly different methodology, but I think it matters here. I think the Buffalo Bills could give the Chiefs a real matchup here. This has less to do with the defense because Mm -hmm. it is banged up. Lots of key injuries. Matt Milano, perhaps the most significant, but... If we get into a shootout, I looked at some of the more advanced quarterback metrics. Look at PFF grade, QBR, EPA per pass. Josh Allen is still playing at a high level. Now he needs to be unbelievable at times if this defense is continuing to look banged up. But in terms of overall quarterback abilities, if the Chiefs do get involved with a shootout, I think the one quarterback I trust more than any other to keep up on a shootout would be josh allen so give me the bills at number two and then at number one it's the baltimore ravens lamar jackson maybe the second or third likeliest to beat mahomes in a shootout that won't happen though because baltimore's defense has been amazing second in defensive success rate when in man coverage with safety kyle hamilton leading the way he's been a swiss army knife uh you know also great guys like raquan smith Universal sack artist, Brandon Stevens is growing up before our very eyes. To me, they are the second best team in the AFC and a Ravens chiefs AFC championship would be unbelievable. So the Ravens bills, Eagles, Cowboys, and Browns, that's the list.
2: Two teams. All three of us uh, had them in the top five, Baltimore. One, one for Ed and Aaron. And then I put them at number four and then Philly, Uh, Aaron two, Ed three, me five. And then you're right. Buffalo, nobody else had them. And nobody had my one in Cincinnati. That's
1: amazing. That's wild. (laughs) (laughs) We believe in Joe Burrow till the end, the bitter end.
2: Yes. At least I do. Yeah. The bitter end. Uh, This this week's going to be really interesting how he looks after actually having all that rest. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I yeah. think that that was what was tough. It's like, how much do we go off like what we know today or how much do we bake in what we think could happen also, you know? Right. I mean, it wouldn't but, fuck me if the Bengals are right there in the AFC Championship for sure.
2: Since we could have gone like everywhere. There there were some common themes here. Like San Francisco, Miami, Aaron had at the bottom of our list, but nobody else. But I was I was most curious how many NFC teams people would have because there's only one possible game where they could be a threat. So just strategy wise, that's why I only went with one NFC team.
1: Yeah, I was apprehensive to have a second NFC team, but I think with that Cowboys defense, once it gets healthier and Leighton Vander Esch returns, then that turns mm-hmm. Micah Parsons into a standout. And look, even though the secondary is a little banged up, I still think that you have good playmakers there. Uh, and I, I don't want to discount that at least too much i think when we're talking about the cowboys like it's too easy to look at say one game or two games in a vacuum but the overall body of work has been impressive to me
2: uh, yeah it's uh man i don't know but it's tough it's tough you know i i'm really mm-hmm. there are a lot of games this week where hit on line movement a little bit and and another one is that Seattle number out to three against Cleveland it might be DTR this week even though Walker Mm -hmm. was just in and they just won again so that's why that number is moving in that direction like the Watson stuff early in the week oh he's going to start and now it's like no, he's probably going to miss at least another (laughs) month or something like that so we have no idea what's happening with Cleveland
3: (laughs) I kind of think they should without him (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think the quarterback's like, the reason, though. It, True. It does pose the question, like, the Browns have a better defense than everyone else, but how much better is it? Because yeah. certainly on Sunday, like, Miles Garrett won the game for Cleveland. Is that mm-hmm. something that is sustainable? And usually it isn't, but is this the outlier?
2: Yeah. I Should they be getting three against a team that yeah. just... They're winning games, but they don't look right in Seattle.
1: Exactly. This is BeckQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. I'm sure he will offer up another winning teaser for us. That's right here on the Beck Network. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is here every Wednesday to get you over the hump with your NFL bets.
4: I actually like Atlanta teasing them from plus 2.5 out to plus 8.5. You know, I've mentioned I think Tampa are frauds on this show as well. It's more meaningful to get a team plus eight and a half points if you think neither team is going to score 20 points in the game. And then the other one is Seattle.
1: On BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Another week, another teaser comes through from our guy, Brad Spielberger. Welcome back to Beck Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now as he does each and every Wednesday is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't we just go ahead and jump right on in and give the people what they want.
4: Is there a teaser that you would cobble together for this week? This is Wong Wednesday. This is the biggest Wong teaser week of the year. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we got right to it. I'm glad we did not play any audio of my Detroit Lions thoughts. Uh, you know, that was obviously a terrible <laughs> bet. But um, yeah, there. I mean, there are six legs that I think. You know, depending on what you like, Buffalo obviously tomorrow at eight and a half. I really like the, the uh, New Orleans Saints at plus one and a half at Indianapolis. Tease it out to seven and a half. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you don't love picking road you know road teams, but the Chiefs and Ravens down to two. Uh, the Chargers, we'll get into that whole conversation a little bit, I'm sure, uh, down to two and a half. And last but not least, the Lions coming off that bad loss at minus eight. You can tease all six of those legs. If I had to pick one I like the most, I-, I guess I would probably go with uh, New Orleans in particular. I love that matchup against the Colts. They have a phenomenal run defense, which should mitigate that from in- Indianapolis. And then I know the Colts, Only team the NFL to score 20 plus points in every game. Uh, Shane Steichen, I mean, should be a coach of the year candidate type guy, especially if they hadn't gotten cheated out of that win uh, per Jim Irsay. Uh, But, you know, not a good matchup also because the Saints play a ton of press man coverage. And I think what Gardner Minshew has done is feasted on a lot of zone coverage teams, you know, finding guys underneath, letting them get yards after the catch. And that's not going to happen in this Saints game. They're going to play up. They're going to play press. They're going to bump their receivers off the line. And I think that's going to lead to none of those short throws being there. So Saints has one leg. I guess I'll go Chiefs. I mean, they're not going to lose the Broncos, so they don't cover a lot of big spreads. But I think they'll cover minus two at Denver. Denver gave them their best shot on on that Thursday night game, you know, played a great defensive game, you know, kept Kansas City in check. uh, But I think they rolled this weekend.
2: Okay, um, I want to get your thoughts on a conversation that we just had because the Chiefs are now your Super Bowl favorite. They should have been before um, Monday, but I guess we we needed to see the Niners lose once again uh, to put the Chiefs up there. And what, what we did in power rankings is this week was we were trying to figure out the biggest threats to the Chiefs. And I know you guys were kind of doing something similar where you guys were power ranking the AFC teams, which is also very difficult to do. Um, we ended up with different with different teams like my number one, neither of them even had in the top five. And I, and I ended up with Cincinnati because of what they've done against Kelsey and the potential with Burrow and the ceiling and all that. And they landed on Baltimore. Um, when you think of threats to the Chiefs matchup wise, where, where, where do you go right away?
4: Matchup wise, it is the Bengals. You know, I think Lou Anarumo has done the best job against this team. That's the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. You know, they are a good Kelsey matchup, have a lot of good linebackers that can cover. You know, the safety's obviously turned over this offseason, but I think we're seeing better play now from Dax Hill, their first round pick last year, Jordan Battle, their third round pick this year out of Alabama, a good young safety. So, matchup wise, they probably still are the biggest threat, but. I would go to Baltimore, too. I would stick with that one. I mean, again, best safety room maybe in the entire NFL right now, obviously paying a lot of money there, but getting a lot out of it. A healthy Marlon Humphrey can go in the slot matchup with tight ends and of course Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen as well so you know it's funny we're just saying how do you stop Travis Kelsey but frankly that is probably how you beat the Chiefs Um, and and then on offense Lamar Jackson I think should be squarely in the MVP conversation now he has been exceptional and I think him and Todd Munkin in this offense are really gelling the receivers played great in that game Mark Andrews had a great game so yeah it's two AFC North teams there uh, that I think pose the biggest threat but I'll tell you If you turned injuries off, if we did a Madden style injuries off, uh, the Chiefs are not are not not winning the Super Bowl this year. Like I don't think any team is close to them uh, right now.
3: All right. Well, I want to follow up on the Lamar comments. We were just debating, is there value on him if you want to bet him MVP right now around seven to one?
4: I think there is. I I think there's going to be a narrative here. Missed some time, had all those teams when he got franchise tagged that were like, oh, we're not interested, which was, you know, clearly the dumbest thing of all time, Uh, you know, including Detroit, who, who, who just molly whopped and a handful of other teams. Uh, I I do, because I think he's going to continue to have offensive production both on the ground and with his arm. And in particular, we fall in love with passing touchdowns. I know he only has about eight right now, but had a couple drops throughout the season. He is our highest-graded intermediate passer. He's our most accurate passer 10-plus yards downfield. He's going to continue to have explosive plays, make those highlight reel-type plays, and win a lot of games. But also, again, you go back to kind of the narrative, and he missed time the last two years and all of that. If he stays healthy and they win that division, which you know looks like one of, if not the best divisions top to bottom in the NFL, I think he will be squarely in that race. And I think 7-1 to one is probably decent value.
1: Brad, I've been feeling for you in the last 48 hours or so, uh, wanting more activity as the trade deadline approaches in the National Football League. Uh, we did get uh, Kevin Byard news uh, going from the
4: Titans to the Eagles. How much can this Philadelphia secondary improve with Byard? It's, it's a massive move. I, I love the idea for them. I mean, he has our highest coverage grade in the entire NFL among safeties and corners uh, over the last three years. Uh, as a run defender, he has uh, a missed tackle rate below 7% six straight years in a row. Um, he's as good of a, of a back end field general type safety across the entire NFL Sure, he's a little bit older now, but I haven't seen many signs of slowing down, even this season. With Reed Blankenship dealing with an injury, you know, Terrell Edmonds is a good player, but not a great player. Uh, I just think they needed that boost in the secondary, and credit to them. I mean, coming off probably their best coverage game of the entire year, allowing 10 points to the Miami Dolphins, picking off two on the right corner of the end zone to kind of close that game out. I think it's a huge, huge move. It addresses their biggest weakness, in my opinion. It settles the entire secondary. Um, And and I think, you know, they're also, I think I struggle to find a team that's going to seriously challenge them uh, in the NFC. You know, I'm not going to quit on the Niners, the Cowboys, et cetera. But I do think Philly has a leg up as of today.
2: Funny, Brad, a lot of the teams that we've been talking about, not, not we, but we've been hearing people talk about as far as tanking ended up winning. Over the weekend, which is really interesting, and ever since Justin Jefferson goes to IR, the Vikings are two and zero. Like, and and they're right there; they're on the cusp of making the playoffs right now in the NFC, where people thought they were going to sell off and get rid of Cousins. There's all sorts of rumors about Hunter. Uh, g- give me some teams that you think are going to be active. There's only one more game, one more game before we get to uh, the trade deadline next
4: week. Yeah, I think there's still going to be plenty of movement uh, over the next next week. You know, I think uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and Cleveland Browns want some more defensive line help. I think a handful of teams, the Chargers, the Jets, maybe some others want some wide receiver help. Uh, So I think those teams will be active. You know, I think Houston's buying in on on C.J. Stroud and what they have on that team. I could see them add another defensive lineman opposite of Will Anderson, Jr., um, trying to think who else. I mean, there, there's going to be movement. I, I think there might be a trade today. I could see Carl Lawson getting moved in the next 24 hours or so. They've kind of been shopping him for a while now, so we're going to get it. I appreciate the you know the prayers. It's been slow, uh, but I think we are <laughs> going to get some movement as more of these you know more of these contenders realize. Hey, I mean Philly did it. They they kick things off, and if we want to keep up in this race, we got to make some moves.
3: Your favorite frauds, Tampa Bay in action tomorrow night against Buffalo. This spread at eight and a half. What do you like in this one? Prop side total. Where are you looking?
4: Yeah. So I I don't like Buffalo to cover the full number because I do respect this Buccaneers defense. You know, obviously uh, I've been clear. I don't really love the offense, but um, I I think a a Gabriel Davis under receptions prop, which I have not seen posted yet. I know the receiving yards at 39 and a half. I don't like the yards as much for him because that could take one reception, Uh, you know, but I think it'll come out at three and a half is my estimation. That's about where his market tends to be. Um, And and Todd Bowles sits back in a lot of zone. He has both of his corners and Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean healthy now. Antoine Winfield at safety. Uh, I just think they're going to take away that big play splash ability. And that's really how they use Gabriel Davis. So, you know, like I said, uh, there is, of course, the potential he breaks one off. But I don't see him getting a lot of volume here, getting a lot of catches if it comes out at three and a half, I'll be on the Gabriel Davis under receptions in this game.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app.
1: almost the halfway point of the NFL season. Is there a team that perhaps isn't in the playoff chase that can enter that conversation? Maybe there's some plus money value as far as them to make the playoffs. And is there a team that has, you know, had a really hot start to the year you feel like will miss the playoffs?
4: Yeah. So I'll go back to, you mentioned the Vikings, you know, not only three and four now, but they have their next six games are Packers, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders. So, you know, they're the Vikings. They're going to find a way to lose like one or two of those games. But, you know, they should be above 500 on the season after that six-game stretch. And, I mean, maybe they get hot and win five of them, uh, you know, maybe even six of them. It sounds like Justin Jefferson should be back in two weeks. And obviously we know the impact he makes. And I also think it's great to see Jordan Addison step up, Brandon Powell step up, like other players because of the larger role they've had, I mean Brandon Powell, their speedster return guy, had a couple huge catches in the, in the end of that game and I always look at teams like that where it makes a huge difference because when they are then called upon later on, even in a limited role, I you think know, they had that confidence built up. So, I think Minnesota would be one there. On the flip side, you know, a uh, shocker, I'll, I'll continue to kind of fade the Atlanta Falcons here. Um, I'm sure they have decent odds to win the NFC South right now and probably be a wild card in the NFC. I just, I'm not buying in on this, you know, Hey, Desmond Ritter has been pretty productive the last three weeks. He's had six turnovers the last two games. He fumbled in goal to goal situations three times. Um, I, I just, I mean, they probably will find a way cause the NFC stinks, but um, I, I could see them, you know, go on a losing streak, lose some games here. Maybe they are buyers of the deadline add an edge rusher, which they desperately need. Um, but if not, you know, they're fun. They've had some explosive plays. Drake London and Kyle Pitts coming on. Um, but I just I just still can't really buy in uh, on the quarterback situation in Atlanta. As bad as the Saints looked on Thursday, I still think they find a way to win this NFC South.
2: Uh, Brad, a lot of the movement that we've seen midweek here with these point spreads coming up this weekend have to do with quarterback uncertainty. And one of them is a game you just mentioned. You just mentioned Atlanta fading them moving forward. Uh, they're now a three-point favorite because it looks like it's going to be Levis for the – for the Titans, uh, Seattle up to minus three against that Cleveland defense. Maybe it's going to be DTR because it sounds like it's not going to be Watson, but maybe it goes from Walker to DTR. Uh, the Giants' uh, Jets number has come down to inside of a field goal. Like, do people prefer Tyrod? Not sure of the reasoning there. What, what are your thoughts on some of these uh, these quarterback questions here going into the week?
4: Yeah, I guess Atlanta is not a great fade option this week. You know, I think Tennessee is one of the worst teams in the NFL, and whether it's Will Levis or Malik Willis, um, they're going to have problems. The interior pressure from this great year in Atlanta is going to recap. They probably have, you know, four, five, six sacks. If it's Malik Willis, they might have ten sacks. So um, I-, I don't love fading them this week. But I- one you mentioned there that I do like is the New York Jets against the Giants. Look, Tyrod Taylor is mm-hmm. a legitimate upgrade. I- I'm getting flack for that. It's a fact. Um, he's been pushing the ball downfield. He's- Yeah, he's made a lot of great plays. He's avoided some of the negatives that Daniel Jones was taking as well. You know, maybe Jones does return for this game, but – this Jets defense is one of the best units in the NFL. Now coming off a bye, obviously technically a road game, but you know, obviously playing in their own building, um, I really like them under the three number uh, against the Giants. They're just they're just going to kill this offensive line without bringing you know extra blitz pressure. And then who of these receivers is going to separate on Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and and Michael Carter? Honestly, deserves more credit in the slot as well. Um, I like the Jets in that spot.
3: All right, we've got a couple minutes or so left. Any other bets that you love that we haven't touched on or props or matchups that you have your eye on this week?
4: Yeah, so one more bet, and, and I hate to, you know, fade a, a home underdog in Mike Tomlin. Probably one of the worst, you know, spots to, to do. But I think this is a very bad matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers against this Jags defense. They're a top-five run defense in the NFL, uh, and, and obviously, you know, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, you know, aren't averaging a ton of yards per carry or anything like that. But both found the end zone this past week. Both did have a couple nice chunk runs against a very bad, you know, Rams defensive front besides Aaron Donald. And they kind of picked on their edge rushers the entire We're creating lanes off the tackles and and between the guard and the tackle the entire game. I don't think you're doing that uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I like that matchup because also, as we've talked about, we talked about the Evan Engram prop in that Saints game. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to get the ball out lightning quick. And Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson might be the worst cornerback duo in the NFL right now. So as amazing as the Steelers defensive line is and how good their pass rush is, I think you mitigate that with how you play um, you know, this Jaguars offense. So uh, Jaguars under a field goal, road favorite, you know, scary spot against Tomlin. But I think they find a way to get it done. Healthy Trevor Lawrence coming off a, a mini bye. That's uh, one more spot I like. About 60 seconds left here.
1: Bengals catching five and a half versus the 49ers. Anything stand out there?
4: It's interesting. I think the Niners right now are struggling to defend the run, but, but the Bengals have not had a good rushing offense at all this season. You know, I, I don't think you're going to get an explosive broken off from Joe Mixon or, or, you know, use that to their advantage as much. It's like I almost want to talk myself into a Bengals bet. I think we'll get a healthy Burrow, get a healthy T. Higgins, but. It's a stay away spot for me. You know, the Niners coming off back to back losses are going to be pissed off and all that, all, all those things, their defensive line had maybe their worst game in, in, in years. It's I could see the Bengals winning. It is a decent amount of points for a good football team, but it, it scares me you know, every which way.
1: Good stuff. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is Becual Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our NFL survivor plays for week eight. That's right here on the Beck Network. Welcome back to Beck Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it's time to talk a little Survivor. And Joe, we uh, are in week eight of the season. And it's probably one of those things where we have to remind each other which teams we have picked, either in our models, in our pools, things like that, uh, because Mm -hmm. we're running out of options.
2: Yeah, we are running out of options. Uh quick recap on mine, which started with 1,721. We are down to 308, which is 18% of the pool remaining. Three of the, t- of the five most popular picks this week lost. Buffalo, San Francisco, the LA Rams. In all pools, it was heavy Seattle, 63% in my pool. I know Circa had 60% on Seattle. Those people got through. So it was good if you went with the crowd this week with Seattle because everybody got through. In my poll, they're the most used team. Only 13 out of 308 have not used the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, in circa, they're down to 13%. And I was looking at theirs mm. of their eight most popular picks, six lost. So <laughs> you were. In in sitting pretty, if you did have Seattle this past week, so yeah, we're and we're not even at the halfway point. Uh, this week, a lot of options. I counted six games right now that are above a touchdown, and there are a couple that are just inside of a touchdown. Pro Ed, would you agree with this that with so many options Mm -hmm. that are above a touchdown, when the betting market has it a game under a touchdown, if you have multiple options above a touchdown, is there a reason? to go with those shorter numbers, like five and a half, six.
1: Other than, I guess it's twofold. Other than say, like, you picked all the Future teams in are favored by a touchdown or more. Yeah, that, yeah. that certainly could happen. Uh, but for a couple of choices the model likes, uh, that's not the case. But I think also, too, you got to remind yourself, like, who is available and who you want to keep. Because uh, this isn't what the model likes the most but the third option that my model chose is detroit but detroit plays on thanksgiving and we are at week eight we've got another month before the thanksgiving games give or take is it time to start to take away your options for these holiday stretches for thanksgiving and for christmas Mm -hmm. i would say no i don't think it's time to do that but if say you are running out of other good options i would say yeah maybe now is the time to do such a thing
2: yeah and, and not all all pools do that where you have sure. to have a thanksgiving game so which one would you pick yeah you mentioned detroit green mm-hmm. bay there's dallas washington maybe yeah and see seattle san francisco i'm not messing with i'm not playing that game on either side so i just kind of eliminate that so you've got to make sure that you've got dallas or detroit available if your pool ends up doing that. So I I find it hard to believe that uh, people would use in, what, seven weeks, you've used those top six that are all above a touchdown. And then the ones that are just under a touchdown, it's what? It is Dallas. You mentioned them. There's Philadelphia divisional matchup on the road. San Francisco playing poorly right now against Cincinnati coming off the bye. Those are ones that I would not be interested in. But the ones above a touchdown – the highest point spread is a divisional matchup Miami, New England. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas City, Denver, also a divisional matchup up there. And <laughs> there are three primetime games that are above a touchdown Thursday night football with Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Sunday night, Chargers, Bears. Monday night, Lions, Raiders. And then the other one that is not a divisional matchup not a prime time game is the Ravens favored by eight and a half against the Cardinals.
3: All right. I have a few of those written down. I have one. I don't think has been mentioned yet. So I wrote down Ravens. I wrote down lions and this one, if you can stomach it, a team we're all getting to be higher on as the season goes on the Texans. Mm -hmm. What do we think Hmm. about Texans?
1: I do not have the Texans
2: at Car. I would be very yeah. scared of scared of that. Now I know the idea is fading. The worst team in the NFL, which is fair. Here's my one mm-hmm. fear, which could be end up looking back, it could be stupid. Both teams coming off the bye. Okay, the Panthers are changing play callers, so Ooh. this guy's going to come out with the best stuff he has. You would think in a game that is probably mm-hmm. going to be viewed as winnable and. He's more creative. That's at least the word uh, from the Panthers. So he's going to use a lot of motion. I I wonder if it's – I just wouldn't mess with it because I'd be scared of, you know, team goes away for a week. we got to get our first win. New play caller. All right, this is going to be so much better. Maybe the team rallies around. I would just be scared about that a little bit.
3: That's a good point. And also, I would... you might want to wait for like week 13 when uh, the Texans play the Broncos too. Oh, yeah. Could be. A-
1: yes, there's that. I also would not be surprised. Uh, yeah, there are probably other options, uh, perhaps even in division, closer to the end of the season where Houston may be fighting for a playoff spot, maybe to win the division, something like that. And you like that matchup a good bit more for them. So... I would probably save that that Texans bullet a little bit. And, and maybe as far as aligning with you, Joe, as far as not to mess with that game, do we really think Carolina's going to go 0-17? No. I certainly don't. Like, maybe they have the worst record in football. That's a possibility. They're 0-6 to start the campaign. This feels like a game they would win, Right. Just yeah. you know, in terms of overall precedence in the NFL, things like that, like this is probably the game where Carolina wins because they're a little bit more rested. It's a more unpredictable offense, as you mentioned, as far as the play caller goes. I look at that and say, that one makes me uncomfortable. And it's only three points. When we know Houston is a good bit better than Carolina, that's almost mm-hmm. a suspicious number to me. Like the Texans should probably be favored by more like four or five against a team like that. But if they're not, then I think somebody's trying to tell me something like, we're not really sure if the Texans can pull through in a game like this.
2: And they got Arizona in a month. That's another one. They've got Tennessee a couple times. times. Like, there's yes. I want to have the Texans in my pocket moving forward. All right, let's have the conversation. It's time. This is, this is what I think is going to be the most popular play. Cause when else are you going to use them? Chargers against an undrafted division two quarterback at home season on the line kind of thing right now for the Chargers Sunday night football heavy favorites against the Bears I think that's going to be your most popular play do you have the guts yeah I think it will be because when else when else are you going to use the the Chargers I
3: thought would be maybe the most popular
2: Steve but like I've already used them I think a lot of people have already used the Ravens right
1: yeah and they may want to save the Ravens as well but you're not saving the Chargers if you can help it right like The Chargers are a top 18, top 20 team. I think that we can conclude. But when are you ever going to use them again? There are very few opportunities where you trust them in key spots. But in this one, I think it's fine. The model says the Chargers are the best option for this week. I completely agree with that. The Ravens would be number two if you haven't used them by this point. So that's okay. Uh, And then, as I mentioned, if you just have to go after those two or if you have to look past those two, then you're going to have to start dipping into holiday weeks. And so I would take the Lions as far as that's concerned. Again, depending upon the rules of your pool, that's something to look into. Uh, But as far as I'm concerned, it's the Chargers. It's the Ravens. You want to make sure you're focusing whatever survivor options you have on those two.
2: What about the Lions? Monday night, bounce back spot against Vegas. Are they going O'Connell? Is Garoppolo going to be back? Not much word there because we don't have an injury report yet. We've got to wait until Monday, but um, the Lions are a possibility, too.
3: Yeah, I just don't see how the Raiders can keep up with the Lions. I like that pick a lot. But isn't that another team you want to save?
2: Mm, Maybe. They still have to play the Bears twice.
1: mm -hmm. I... If you cannot afford saving the Lions, then now would be the time to use them. And I don't think the quarterback matters in a matchup like that. Whether it's Jimmy G or somebody else, this offense is still sputtering in large chunks of time. So, yeah, yeah, the Lions are in a great bounce-back spot. And look, you know, what happened in that game against the Ravens, some of it was a little fluky. We expecting Jared Goff with all of those weapons to score six points again? Raiders don't have a defense that can slow them down quite like the Ravens do. So, absolutely, I think the Lions are a perfectly legitimate option.
2: Would anybody be scared to use the Bills tomorrow against Tampa Bay? I would be. I hate Thursday. Uh, That's part yeah, of it. Bills are playing their worst nights. football. I'm scared of using the Bills right now.
1: I am not and the reason why I'm not has less to do with the Bills' defensive injuries or questions we have about Josh Allen, things like that. It's more like the Bucks may have to stay on the ground a good bit more, and that <laughs> rushing attack is dreadful. It's awful. You can't trust it at this point. Even the Bills rushing attack, which may not be quite up to snuff as far as what it needs to do to win football games against great competition. I trust it way better than what the Bucks can do with Rashad White. Oh, yeah. The Bills will be just fine in that game.
2: Okay. You're probably right. Um, yeah. i am just... Better get on track. It better happen right away. And do you want to risk your survivor mm-hmm. spot if you've made it this far on a, on a week? That's a short one. Quick turnaround. And they, they haven't done anything the first three quarters of games lately. That's scary. Uh, the divisional matchup. Casey, Denver, Miami, New England. Any concern with either of those?
3: Yeah, those feel like stay-aways. For me, I think it's Stay-a-way? narrowed down to Ravens, Chargers, Lions.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah, Chargers exactly or Lions. Well. That's because of what I have available. I'm in two pools. I might do one pool Chargers, one pool Lions. Just to make sure I'm still alive.
3: Staley? Everything's yeah, right. on Staley?
2: I am not. I'm not putting both on the Chargers. That's basically the moral of the story.
1: <laughs> right. Do you trust Brandon Staley with your Survivor life to do such a thing? Yeah, no. Maybe not. Maybe not. Plus, we need the content for the show.